0: Well, I'm here with my friend Rob from Zoe in LA. How are you doing today bro?
1: Bro I'm feeling so good in Chicago. It's raining but I'm feeling good.
0: Yeah let's go. I, uh, I've i been to Chicago a couple times. My my dad grew up there uh, so I'm a huge Bulls fan. I don't know if that's Ooh. gonna hurt our friendship at all but.
1: I think it does. I'm a Lakers fan and uh, but I, I think the, the main the main culprit to who I would be um, in offense to with whether or not they liked this team would be Clippers fans. Oh, for sure. Um, just, just you know, I feel like there's people that worship God and know God is real, and then there's mm-hmm. people that that need to know more about God and and the mm-hmm. fact that He is real. And I think that's Clippers fans. Yeah, so,
0: percent. Yeah, I've never liked Kawhi Leonard um, since. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing i'm like excited
1: bro that. i'm excited i'm excited for this year russell Westbrook.
0: yeah bro stop who knows so here's the deal you can be excited i'm excited for the lakers i'm also excited for the bolts bro we got uh we got a team like if you you know if i if we get viewers on youtube i need you guys to go google the chicago roster and put a million dollars in in four or five years we will have a championship
1: I'll I'll give that to you only because this is my
0: hometown bro I got we got Lonzo Ball started at the Lakers now he's in Chicago so you're very right you are right about that I can't help but um, be pleased (laughs) so uh, (laughs) for anyone watching um, what this is called this is called conversations this is like um, if I was in LA with Rob and we were just sitting at a coffee shop having a conversation because uh ministry is not complicated as people think there's things that can happen in la that are happening in omaha there's things that are happening all across the world so really my my job right now is to ask rob some questions to kind of get in his brain on some ministry stuff some leadership stuff some lifestyle stuff um so really my first prompting question rob it's super simple but like dude tell us your story really quick just like yeah. how you got into ministry how the heck you're in youth now yeah
1: Bro, so, you know, one of the biggest things that has led me into ministry is the fact that I've just always loved church. Bro, I was that guy, I was that kid in church that you couldn't get away from the church. I'm sure everyone in the church was like, who is this little, bigger kid who was like, hey, like we just, we, we see this kid all the time. I was I was actually running lighting. I did all the lighting for um, services. I was actually on staff at the church to do lighting when I was like 15. I think right when I could get a job, I, I immediately got the job yeah. as like a lighting designer for the church. And so I had grown up just in church. Mm-hmm. Church is like my thing. Even now, church is just my thing. I love church. Yeah. And so growing up in that and you know, really learning what ministry is and learning that ministry is not leadership. Ministry is all about serving. And so, you know, that's what I've really tried to embody in everything that I do do when it comes to ministry. Uh, One of the biggest things as well that has led me into the ministry position here was the fact that I went to college for uh, ministry out in Australia um, at Hillsong College. And that was probably one of the best years of my life. I actually uh, just told a story um, to our youth ministry the other day um, at our first youth night. Yeah. Um, I told my story about how I moved to Australia. Um, I came very unprepared. Uh, that day turned into a seventeen-hour flight with a nine-hour like wait time to get home, and like all this stuff. It was absolutely insane, like what I what I went through that day. But just like leading up into that year and just really seeing how God had moved. And then um, I moved to L.A. Um, to do another year of college in L.A. So I did another year of Bible college to finish off. And I ended up getting a job at Zoe Church um, as the youth, youth ministry director, youth pastor. And then I also moved over to do the college as well. So Zoe Leadership College. Um, and I did, I actually now run, I help run the college as well. so super cool it's kind of all led up to this and obviously there's more in-depth story to uh, what all went down in Australia what all happened beforehand and afterwards and so but you know that's just kind of like the outline just really have been in church my whole life and this is like
0: my life's passion is just to build the church dude let's go something you said that is really funny you said I almost heard laughing because I've literally been chewing on it for the past couple weeks of like um what servanthood looks like versus because I feel like the Church culture right now is like leadership, like we're gonna leader, 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 which is absolutely pivotal um, if you're trying to be in ministry and you're trying to lead people. Like there, there needs to be leadership principles in that. Um, but truly, like servanthood is leadership. Like mm-hmm. uh, that, that principle of servanthood, the principle of Jesus washing uh, the man who is truly gonna put him on the cross, uh, his, mm-hmm. washing his feet. Like that's what it looks like. In um, yeah, dude, that's amazing. So. Uh, How are you liking L.A.?
1: Well, I will say L.A. is one of those places you got to either love or you just absolutely do not like. There's no like in between like you can just settle. Mm -hmm. But I will say I believe that I live in the best city in America, in the world. Every Mm -hmm. time I come home to it and I breathe in L.A. air, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that I live here. Like I'm already excited. I've been here uh, for one day. Mm-hmm. And I'm already excited to be back in LA. I'm all, I'm already excited to fly back in. There's something so cool about flying back into LA, and y- you you listen to uh, Miley Cyrus's song, uh, you know, "Party in the USA," and yeah. so, but but all that. L.A. is honestly one of the best times. Now, I will say during COVID, it has changed mm-hmm. so much, mm-hmm. um, but I think that can be said for everywhere. So I won't even go into full detail, but basically, you know, so much has changed in L.A., some for the better, some some just not as, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, hey, we got to get used to living in a city where there's so, so many cultures represented there's so many backgrounds represented and i think it really last year really exposed that and really just said hey we got to start we got to start thinking differently we got to start living differently everything that we do in a day-to-day basis we have to start changing our mindset because we live in a place that is one of the most influential cities in the world and we are the hub for Tourism. We're we're in the we're in the hub for the music industry. You know we're we're in the hub for the film industry. There's so much that happens in LA. We gotta lead that, and we gotta lead that well. And I think we really learned that this last year. But man, I really really love living in Los Angeles. The best,
0: hundred yes, percent. We um, so I've been to LA. I think three, two or three times. Um, and dude, we literally came out for a honeymoon. That's when I met you. Um, oh, we're good. Um, did I did I lose you? Yeah, I, I can cut it out. We'll be good. Perfect. Um, okay. Yeah, it'll be sick. If it cuts out again, I can just go a hotspot. It might be mine. Our Wi-Fi is trash here. But okay. um, yeah, we're good. Um, yeah, dude. So I came out for, we came out for a honeymoon. That's the first time I met you. But uh, it was interesting to go like pre-COVID and then now um, and really like experiencing it. But it wasn't as bad as people were thinking. Like about mm. LA, about California. Like, dude, people were nice. People were like. Like, dude, and I, I've always been the guy, it's just a preference, but like, if somebody asks me nicely to do something, I'm probably going to do it, right? Like, I'm mm, not, mm. not the guy who's going to like, start punching people if they ask me to wear a mask for two minutes. Like, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm a chill guy. I'm like, cool, look, what we got to do, what we got to do. So, yeah. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about your like, daily rhythm. Like, what does that look mm. like? Mm. My daily
1: rhythm, I'm actually a very, I'm very, what, what do you call this? A creature of habit. I, if I were to explain myself to someone, I am a creature of habit. I I have eaten the same thing for breakfast for the last four years. Three eggs with a bowl of oatmeal and peanut butter is the greatest breakfast. I'll never get tired of it. Um, And I try to eat mostly the same thing throughout the day at the same exact time. Mm -hmm. um I love you know scheduling out my day I know when I'm going to the gym I know when I'm eating dinner I know when I'm hanging out with Lindsay I just I I know this and I have a but there's something so special about planning and so I I have really deemed myself as a creature of habit I at 10 p.m I'm always in the shower by 10 p.m I'm in bed ready to ready to go to bed by 10 15 phones off everything at 1030. So I have like this whole rhythm that I, that I follow, but always waking up at 630. And I always make sure to take at least that first hour to pray, um, read the Bible, connect with God. I I always, you know, I don't get on my phone before 730. I always try to take that first hour to just really say, Hey, this is me and God time. And I always, I always find it. If you set an appointment with God, You won't miss it because when you set an appointment with someone, like when I set an appointment with you today to be on this phone call, I knew I couldn't miss it. Yeah. So when I when I do that with God and I say, God, my appointment with you is at six thirty in the morning. Now I don't actually say that because maybe it sounds a little bit weird, but hey, my appointment is at six thirty in the morning. I can't miss. So Mm -hmm. I'm gonna wake up at six twenty five. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get all, you know, my facial moisturizer on i'm gonna gonna get ready and then i'm gonna go sit on the couch and i'm gonna read the bible i'm gonna pray i'm gonna turn some worship music on i'm really gonna connect with god and so that that's basically and that's really what runs my day if i miss that you you can tell throughout the whole day if i miss that you'll be able to tell rob's off something something different today and i think that's that's one of the biggest things but i am definitely a creature of habit
0: Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah i um our, our church kind of keeps a daily or a weekly rhythm. And dude, it's insane. Any, any leaders that we have in our, in our teams, and we have conversations about like, oh, I'm just so stressed out. I'm tired. I'm like, show me your calendar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> show, me your yeah. Calendar, show me what you're eating. Uh, and it, like I said, at the beginning, like ministry is more practical than people think. Like We have to live disciplined lives because we live big lives. Like there's things that we care about, um, just people. Uh, And when you deal with people, you have to be disciplined because, uh, it can be draining can be bleeding, uh, can hurt sometimes, but, uh, yeah, I wake up every morning, go to the gym with my pastor, work out, go home, do my thing. Um, I, I, I can't set an appointment with God at uh, 6.30, because I'm not up at, I like my,
1: <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I'm more of like a 4 p.m. kind of guy, like right when I get done with work, I'm right, four to five, uh, I really feel like God's awake, maybe it's central time, like God's up in LA, that time. Yeah, okay,
1: <laughs> right, right, 6.30 no. is an ungodly time, I've heard that,
0: yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I hear that, uh, dude, so my, um, I was in youth, I was in youth ministry for three, almost four years, loved it, loved the youth, still have connections with our youth in our church, the youth pastor at our church, my best friend. Um, Talk to me a little bit about like why you're passionate about youth. Obviously, every youth pastor, and I could tell right away when you started talking, I was like, youth pastor, Um, Mm -hmm. because they have the passion, you have zeal, you're like, dude, I love it. There's nothing else I'd rather do right now. Yeah, I think you just
1: explained it. There's nothing else I would rather do right now. Mm-hmm. The, this is one of those things that I've, when I talk to people um, about youth ministry, somebody asked me the other day, a, a youth pastor the other day, just on the phone with them talking, encouraging each other. And one of the biggest things he asked me was, hey, how do you plan to grow your youth ministry? And I, I love getting that questions because I'm like, fam, I, do we really know? Like we're, right. we can plan as much as we want, but do we really know? <laughs> but I'm like, I, I told him, I said, here's what I can tell you because I'm not going to give you a specific answer because otherwise it would just be me speaking on faith because I don't actually know. Mm -hmm. Here's the answer I'll give you. No one will ever be as passionate about youth ministry than I am. And I will outwork everyone that I see to make sure that I'm getting to the youth to make sure that I'm, I'm advertising our, you know, uh, videos, making sure I'm advertising our graphics and, Mm -hmm. and just making sure that kids are encouraged. I remember at our first youth night, um, just really looking out in the whole front row was all youth. This is our first youth night. yeah. And just to see youth flooding the front row, jumping up and down, raising their hands during worship, getting passionate about the word of God, crying during the message, coming up to me afterwards, telling me how the night, just the whole night in general changed their entire life and how they can't wait for the next one. That's absolutely insane. But you know what it comes down to? It comes down to the culture that you set. If you have a culture of passion, your whole team will be passionate. The youth will be passionate. The youth will want to bring their kids. If you have a culture where you're insecure, you mm-hmm. don't necessarily know what you're doing. You don't really have a passion to do what you're doing. Well, unfortunately your leaders won't have a passion to do what they're yeah. called to do. Your kids won't have the passion to come to youth ministry. It all boils down to you as a leader, living that out. It goes back to what we said earlier. We're not called the leadership. We're called the servanthood. Right. And so If you can set that by example and you can really be passionate, you can be that example. What you said about Jesus, he was basically what he was doing was saying, hey, here's the example. You need to live by this. -hmm. Because if you can live by this, you'll step into your God given calling. And so for me, that's really what I want to do. When I tell people, hey, no one will ever be as passionate about youth ministry than me, okay, I don't know everyone. There's no way that I'll ever know that I'll be the most passionate person about youth ministry. But me telling myself that, me getting that into my heart and into my Mm -hmm. head, gets that into my leader's head. When I speak to all 54 of our leaders at a youth leaders meeting, I'm saying, hey, no one will be as passionate about us. We're going to get rowdy. We're not like when they were clapping, I was like, guys, we can clap a little bit louder than that. We're not at a golf match. Are you kidding me? We're in youth right. ministry. Like we, we're That's doing right. this thing. And so it's all about what you speak into the culture because culture is one of those things. You can talk about it, but really what matters is what people are talking about afterwards. Yep. After you speak that, it's what people are saying afterwards and what people are doing, how people are acting that out. It doesn't really matter what I say from a microphone. Right. And so, yeah, it's all, it all goes back down to the culture. Yeah.
0: Got you. It stopped right when you were done. It cut. And I was like, oh, perfect. Let's go. That's a clip. Right. <laughs> All right. Go. Cool. Yeah, dude, I, I totally agree. I think um, something that we've learned because uh, we my wife and I helped launch our downtown campus uh, like on 2019, five weeks in COVID happened five weeks into yeah. our campus launch. Um, and really, like the culture was set not by the words that I said, like you said, it was by not only my actions, so uh, I know you guys do it, but we're a load-in church. Like we load in at 4.50 a.m., bro. And I'm telling you what, at 4.50 a.m., if I'm not on my A-game with some bumping Kanye or something, yes. like it's a dead Sunday. Like yeah. it starts with, um, like it's be what you want to see, right? Like I don't, mm. I, I, ex- I have expectations for our leaders, our coaches, our directors, whatever, uh, mm. but if I'm not living it. Uh, there's no chance because what walks in me will run in them. Like, dude, it matters. It matters every single piece of what we do, like every piece of the mm. pie, even Monday through Saturday, right? Like as, mm. as pastors, uh, it doesn't start on Sunday morning. Like mm. my my conversations I have with our leaders on Tuesday night or a quick voice memo after church encouraging something. And dude, what God's been really challenging me on is like, we say like, celebrate what you want repeated. But like actually doing that, like on very specific things, like Mm -hmm. public celebration, like I will publicly affirm you if you are Mm -hmm. shouting down whoever's preaching that Sunday, like that's something Mm -hmm. I will publicly shout down because I want that repeated in the culture of our church. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, you know, this, like it's the John Maxwell, like you teach what you know, and you reproduce who you are, like, yeah, read all these leadership books, I can read the Bible front to back, but if I don't have it in me, like there's no chance mm-hmm that's so, so true bro tell me a little bit about um yeah like I think our key topic here that we're talking about is servanthood like and you said mm-hmm. like I ran the lights I did this I was serving at 15 that's a little like very similar to my story which is really cool uh like talk to a young leader who sees you or sees me or sees these guys on Instagram they're like I want to be that um where did mm-hmm. they start
1: well I think they should always start with themselves and they should never start with looking at somebody else and saying that I want to be them. I I get where that comes from because I've been in that place before, but it was only when I let that go. And I said, no, I want to be my full self. I want to be at my full potential that God really began to move in my life. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was in Australia, I remember calling my, my parents about three months in and saying, Hey, this ain't for me. I'm just letting you know, I'm ready to come home. Y'all can buy my flight. because I'm broke. And like, I, I can't afford my own flight, but Hey, y'all can buy my flight anytime because I'm ready to come home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the reason why is because I thought I was stepping into a season where I found my gift and my calling, but instead God wanted me to know that, Hey, it's not all about me at all. Mm-hmm. It, it has nothing to do with like this whole world. Everything that I do is not about me. It's all about other people, yeah. but I have to find my full potential. I have to find what is inside of me first. So I have to start inside of my heart. Where's my devotional time? Where is my prayer life? Mm -hmm. Where is my relationship with God? Where's my relationship with people? But it all starts, it starts in me so that it can flow through me. And so what I, what I do is always just to say, uh, this is what I would always say to somebody who's like, Hey, I want to be someone like that. I want to be you know, in, in their realm, I, I want to be doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's like God has a specific calling on your life. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that I've been learning lately is seasons change, God doesn't. And here's the thing, when my season was changing in Australia, I, I figured out Man, this is, this is crazy because God is not changing. His calling on my life is not changing. My life is changing. Mm-hmm. What I'm going through is changing, but God has never changed. And the reason why I really felt that in my heart was because God was working on me and saying, hey, where's your relationship at with with God? I remember I would go home every Sunday night and I would just get passionate about the word of God. I remember I we we're okay, so we're talking about servanthood here. I would go serve, serve, serve and serve a little bit more and then serve a little bit more. It was just constantly about serving. But my relationship with God was thriving, and 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 here's the thing: a lot of people like for me, you would be thinking, "Man, if you serve, 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 you have no time for your relationship with God." But for me, I would always find the time. You always got to find the time. That's why I wake up a little bit early because it's like, "Hey, I'm I'm setting that appointment." But for somebody who says, "Hey, I want to be like I want to be like them, I want to see," what they're saying, I want to do what they're doing. It's, mm-hmm. Hey, well, it's find your full potential. What does God want from you? What does, God, what is God speaking to you inside of your heart? Because he has something so special for you and it's not what other people have. You have a very, very uh, specific anointing. Something that I said to our youth ministry other, the other day is it's so cool because God doesn't need you, yeah, but he chose, but he chose you. Right. And God didn't need John, John the Baptist, but he chose him. Mm -hmm. god didn't need paul the apostle but he chose him. he didn't need simon peter but he chose him he doesn't need me but Mm -hmm. he chose me and when i when i was going through this whole thing and i didn't know what i wanted to do with my life i had no clue god knew the whole time and the Mm -hmm. same god that called me then is the same god that uses me now so my season has changed but my god never has Mm -hmm. my calling never has i still have a purpose i still have a calling So you just have to find your full potential. You have to be more invested into you and into your heart and seeing what your full potential is. What is God calling you to, and then let that flow through you.
0: It's fire. Let's go. People Mm. better be taking notes or they should just unsubscribe, unfollow. (laughs) Uh, Something I like to say to our, our people, because there's like the comparison culture has never been so insane intense, Mm. And I think there is a difference between modeling, like modeling character, like our, um, like our pastors. Like I look at how he talks to his wife and that's, I, I want to model that, but I do not mm. want to be him. Um, and the right. I wanna, like, dude, I don't want to be a JV them. Like I want to be a varsity me. Like I don't want mm. to wow. be a JV version of you. I want to be the varsity version of me. Like God's called mm. me. Like you said, God's called me to be one of one, Um, and that's something that we can be confident in and not be insecure about. Uh, I love it, dude. Let's go. Obviously, uh, I know you know this. Uh, You're obviously a preacher. Let's go. Mm. Talking about your youth night, dude. That's so. Mm. I saw the gram. It was popping. Uh, it looks, yeah it's fun dude let's go bro youth night i mean this is just one of those things i was
1: like i don't know who's showing up we've never had this and the, i don't know if you know uh anything about zoe or if you're listening right now i don't know if you know anything about zoe church but zoe church in general just is a younger church mm-hmm. and so a lot of the now now that's not that doesn't go to say that we don't have all age groups in our church we mm-hmm. zoe is a very diverse Age, age range is amazing, but I would say the majority of our church is of the young adults age, upwards to from 21 to 35. So a lot of these people don't have kids that are 12 to 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And so our youth ministry has just recently started. And so when I was talking to our leaders, I'm like, I don't know who's showing up. I don't care if there's five showing up because I'm yeah. going to treat the five like it's 500. And so I, I was we start planning this thing out for a month and a half, two months in advance, and, and we're just we come to the night of and it just pops off kids mm-hmm. coming in from everywhere kids coming in from Palmdale, which is like two hours away kids coming in from Laguna Beach, which was about three hours away. Okay. And just like kids just coming in from everywhere, and I'm like, where are these kids coming from? Mm-hmm. And you know, we have we had the best night. We had this thing uh, called the Splash Lab where we created our own merch. A lot of people wouldn't know this. I'll be a little bit vulnerable here. I just couldn't afford my own merch. I had to be budget. Okay. I had to get creative with budget. And I didn't, couldn't afford my own merch. So what I said was, let's just make our own merch. Yeah. And what we're going to do is we're going to spray paint on shirts. And we're going to buy a stencil that we can mark with ZOA Youth. So we have all these cool shirts. But there was nothing that I'd rather do. That ended up being like the highlight of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get into the service. Kids just worshiping, jumping up and down, raising their hands, responding during the message, responding. We had nine kids get saved at our first mm-hmm. youth night, which that's is, awful, abso- that's the win. Right. The win of oh, it all right. is seeing kids saved, kids' lives changed, and uh, just getting to talk to kids afterwards, just saying they can't wait for the next one. And so, man, youth night, Zoe Youth. If 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 you hear anything about Zoe Youth, it's because the youth are taking over the city of yeah. L.A. Let's
0: go. So man. I'm so excited. I'm passionate about it. I'll pull up. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I remember our first city, we call them city nights. They were youth nights, kind of just trying to change language or whatever. Um and it was our, I literally was going to the church of like two weeks, and this guy like his name's Tyler comes up. He's like, "Hey, we our first like youth night. You should come." And I was like, "Okay." Um, and I, are you familiar with the Enneagram? Yes, I'm mm-hmm. an eight, so I um, tend to not really do well with kids. <laughs> I was on youth. <laughs> um, no. There's, more in your life yeah. kind of coming out and whatever, but, uh, no, I loved it. It was probably the best season to learn how to truly pastor people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. dude, nothing will teach you how to pastor people, how to love people. Well, how to have empathy, how to have care when you're dealing with a 14 year old girl at a restaurant with eight other teenagers who are all yeah. and talking about TikTok, tock, but then they're talking about boys and they're talking and it's like, it, it'll prepare you more than anything else in, in my ministry life. And I'm so true. Dude, it's 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 the best thing that can happen and i i i love the language of like we're building the next generation mm. dude i i felt the past couple of years like there's no such thing as the next generation like they're the now generation like Zoe mm. mm-hmm. is not the next generation like dude what mm. building is the now generation of la of that's right wherever they move wherever they're doing they're going into their homes and they're leading their homes they're Creating a space for the Holy Spirit to go with them. Uh, so yeah, dude, and I, and I, and
1: also, also, I'll say this:
0: what exactly what you're
1: saying is one of the vision points that I have for ZOA Youth, which is leadership development. Yes. us as a youth ministry you as a you in youth ministry everyone who's in youth ministry all we're doing is developing leaders because they're already leaders they have leaders leadership yes. inside of them they have potential inside of them our job is to develop that in a godly way we want kids to become passionate sorry i don't even like calling them kids i like calling them the youth the 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 this yeah the now generation i, I like to talk you know young people who who you are you're passionate i like to tell them because they're leaders already our job as in in youth ministry as youth leaders is just to say hey i'm here to develop you as a young person to say you're going in a godly direction you have a calling you have a purpose it's just me i have to pull it out and show you that you have this potential and that i see it in you and then they'll run with it so really all we're doing is it's called leadership development Mm -hmm. we're just developing a leader that's inside of these young people
0: yeah hundred percent it's like uh my wife and i will still go to our youth nights and we have them once a month at our headquarters uh and then they have like they're like twice a week they have like or twice a month they have like groups or whatever they've got a really great rhythm or whatever and we'll go it is it's just fun to see kids thriving like they want to Mm. be there and there's kids that like their parents drop them off and they walk in kind of just like oh i'm here i guess but um, yeah it's it's the our the leaders that they have um and even the pastors like we all pull up like we are creating a space, like we're creating an environment for them to be mm. able to come in and uh, get a little faith, leave with some faith, leave with some encouragement. Uh, I, I never, even on Sunday mornings, I never want somebody to leave discouraged. Like, mm. um, yeah, there's a lot of discouraging churches, bro. Like I don't know if you've been into, so I'm leaving. Like I think I'm a bad person. Like mm. it's like, nah, man. Like I, I want to be a life-giving, spirit-filled um, leader who's responsible. Yeah. Me, my home, my wife, uh-huh. and whatever mm. happens uh, after that, well, it'll all work out, <laughs> mm. right? Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, uh, final question. Well, so we got two questions. The last one's probably the most important. This is a question, uh, dude. Give, give the leaders, give the viewers, give me even one piece of advice. One piece of advice, I would say,
1: consistently. I, I, I'll just say what I'm what I'm being spoken into right now. Um, it just in my life in general. Mm-hmm. It's always make room for the new. Mm-hmm. Make room for the new that God wants to do in your life. Make sure you're always in tune with what God wants to do in your life, because he mm-hmm. if, if he wants to do something new, he's going to do it. And it, it If you're not prepared for it, it goes back to that, that first day in Australia and what I was talking about earlier. I was so unprepared. But why? It's because when God wants to do something new in your life, you got to take the time to prepare. You might have to in Leviticus chapter 26, this is, this is hilarious because a lot of people are like Leviticus. I don't know about all that, (laughs) but he starts talking to the Israelites and he's saying, Hey, because you've been obedient to me in Leviticus 26, 10, it says you will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out to make room for the new. He literally says, hey, just to let you know, I know y'all still got a lot of abundance from last year, but you're going to have to move it out because I'm going to do something new because mm-hmm. of your obedience to me. So what does making room look like? Well, it looks like being obedient to God. But what does obedient to God, being obedient to God look like? Well, we got to cut toxic relationships.
0: Yeah, right. We
1: might have to take a break from social media. Mm-hmm. You might have to start going to bed earlier. It, it's small things like that. And this kind of stuff, it causes tension in your life, right? But but here's the thing, as humans, we love tension. Right? We love tension. When, when it comes to our TikTok comments, come on, Josh, you know. We, <laughs> we, we love tension. We love tension. When it comes to our social media, we love tension. When it comes to what we watch on Netflix, we love tension. But when it comes to tension in our own lives, we're like, no, no, no. Right. I, nope, I, I'm praying that away. These are the, the those same TikTok comments that I see on TikTok. <laughs> and that I, the reason why I'm on TikTok is the same thing that I pray away from my life every day single day, but we need to make room for the new by, by allowing the tension of cutting off toxic relationships, Mm -hmm. maybe listening to better. We got to allow tension to make room for the new. And, and here's the thing about making room for the new and, and having, you know, this, this tension in our lives. Let me tell you this, your tolerance for tension determines your potential for growth. Mm -hmm. Literally tension is the formula for growth. Time under tension is your formula for growth. And so we, as a people need to make room for the new, because God's always going to do a new thing. And we have to be willing to say, okay, I can't have this relationship in my life. Okay. I can't be doing this. I I can't be this friend that isn't really your friend, but is the only person that understands you. I got to tell him, Hey, it's time to move on. You know what I'm saying? So we have to be willing to do hard things because the, one of the biggest things that our pastor, Pastor Chad, has been saying lately is, hey, you just got to tell yourself every day, I can do hard things. Mm-hmm. I can do hard things. I can do hard things. You got you to gotta speak that into your own life. And so one of the biggest things is making room for the new because God wants to do something new. If you're obedient to him and you do what he says and you're like, okay, I'm living this godly life. You got to make room for the new because God wants to bless you. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to do good. He wants to see you elevated. He wants to elevate you. Mm -hmm. But you have to be willing to submit your life to God and make room for the new.
0: Yeah. Absolutely amazing, as always. You're Mm -hmm. dropping bombs today, bro. Let's go. Thanks, bro. I love it. All right. Last question. (laughs) What is the LA Lakers record this year? Oh, dude.
1: I think we're gonna I think we're hmm. I think we're gonna get a surprisingly low amount of losses this year I don't I don't necessarily know exactly what the I, I, I won't try to prophesy but <laughs> I I just think like we gotta be like on top of it. I, and I think we we last year we were like hey we did good. We, you know, we had a great season and and we were ready. We thought we had an all-star team and look what happened Mm -hmm. this year. It can happen again. We got an all-star team. We, we have it. We were ready. Look what happened to the nets. And you know what I'm saying? They had an all-star team. And so I, I'm, I'm not going to say much because then I'm gonna have to knock on wood and I don't believe in doing all that, but (laughs) I really, I really believe, I think last year the Lakers were 42 and 30 if I'm not mistaken, I think we will definitely exceed that and we'll get a lot more wins. And I think we got a championship this year.
0: Well, we'll take it. I'll write it down. <laughs> I'll uh, through with your prophetic word here. Um, Chicago Bulls, uh, I'm just hoping for the playoffs, bro. Like, we got, we got a great team. We got DeRozan. We got – um, no, I wish we had LaMelo. We have Lonzo, bro. Yeah. Are you watching Leangelo play right now, by the way? I am not. I have not watched Dude, he's cooking, cooking. Let's he's got to go. Gotta make, if he doesn't make an NBA team, I'm I'm sticking to college basketball. It doesn't. <laughs> he's not, On he's, to college, dude. Yeah. After this, go to YouTube, watch his highlights, past three summer league games. He's like cooking. I'm like, yeah. What you're doing, bro? Keep it up, because let's go. Uh, I mean, we'll oh. take it. He can come to the bowl. Yeah. Can, like our eighth or ninth man come in. Do like eight or nine points. I'll take it. Let's go. <laughs> so much for taking time to be honest. It means a lot to me, it means a lot to the people viewing this. Uh mm-hmm. what you're building in LA is important and valuable. God's obviously honoring it. Um, I want to honor you and honor your church. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I've been to my friend and I've been to Zoe three or four times, every time. Culture's amazing uh mm-hmm. you're just standing outside and you're like you like we just kind of were like looked at each other and you're like hey what's your name and we connected mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. it's the little things man um mm-hmm. uh, yeah really well your church is doing well so thank, thank you. you and I'm time very
1: appreciative you. of you and your wife and you know I'm I'm so excited for the future of you guys and and what what really comes out of it. I think you guys are going to have some very influential kids coming from from your world and and just really to see you guys you guys bloom and I'm excited because this is just the beginning of of what's yeah. happening so I'm excited to see it